All right, good morning again, and I want to invite you to turn with me in a Bible to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, I'll read uh, verses 5 through 18 here in just a few moments. While you're turning there, I just want to once again extend a, a welcome to any guests with us this morning. Uh, we really want you to know that we're glad you're here. We hope you feel welcome and wanted because you are, and uh, we would love for you to uh, get more involved in our church. God's doing a lot of cool things here, and we would love for you to be a part of that. Uh, so we're glad you're here. And I um, also want to tell you that our time of the Word this morning will be a little different than normal. Normally we do what's called expository preaching. That's where we kind of work our way through a book, passage after passage after passage. And we will be in an expository series starting next week. Uh, we'll be working through the book of Ephesians. And uh, I'm excited about that, and so we'll we'll start that up again next week. But this morning we're we're focusing on more of a topic, and really more of an invitation. I'm going to be as we're beginning 2020 together here. Um, I'm going to be inviting all of us to some prayer and some fasting. And so I want to explain why we're inviting all of us. Why we're all invited to involve ourselves in some prayer and fasting. Then we'll talk a little bit about what the Bible says about prayer and fasting. And then I'm going to talk about the plan. What is the plan for us to do some prayer and fasting together? So hold your Bible there for a second. Um, Because I want to talk about the fact that for a number of months now, I've been feeling the Lord leading me to lead us as a church to imagine reaching more of the unchurched people in our side of East Orlando here, of which there are many. And I've been, I've been feeling that he's been leading me to lead us as a church to really imagine what it would be like if we began to really reach more people in this area, see more people come to Christ, see more people baptized as new believers. If you remember back in November, we saw three new believers baptized uh, one Sunday. It was just fantastic. I feel he wants us to be imagining what would that be like if we saw more and more people coming to know Christ and having their lives transformed and becoming part of our body here. And as I've been feeling led to get our eyes focused on that, I've been thinking that the year 2020 will be an important part of that uh, in that regard. So, um, So let me give you a little background. Back in December... The pastors and I were prayerfully making some plans for the new year. And uh, Pastor Steve said something like this, you know, what if we invited the whole church to do some prayer and fasting together at the beginning of the year, asking God to bless us and really increase our ability to reach more people in this area. And I said, Steve, that's a great idea. And uh, it is a great idea. And that's what we're thinking about and what you're being invited to today. And so what happened is, you know, we, we put this plan together, which I'll talk about in, in a little bit, uh, for the church to do some prayer and fasting together. And then what happened was a series of things, three things happened that just left, led me to believe, yes, this is where God wants our eyes. He wants us to be thinking about uh, reaching more people in uh, our city here for Christ. And here are the three things that, that happened. One, one of the things that happened is we had our Christmas offering, our annual Christmas offering uh, in mid-December. And um, if you remember, we set a goal of $75,000. 
okay, which is no small amount. And uh, I'm excited to tell you that we didn't reach $75,000. We exceeded it uh, by $6,000. So praise the Lord, we exceeded the, the, the amount we were hoping to have. Yes, you can clap for that. Even Presbyterians can clap every once in a while. But that's really good news because that is, you know, what happened when we had our uh, Christmas offering goal actually exceeded is that really helps us be in good financial situation to move forward with the things that God is leading us to. So I want to thank each and every one of you for praying about it and then giving. And we thank God for providing in such an amazing way. Uh, so just over $81,000, which I think is a record. I think that might be our biggest Christmas offering yet. So that's amazing. So that happened. And then, now if you remember, one of the things that we talked about when we were talking about the Christmas offering was that we were hoping if we, if we exceeded 75,000, got all the way up to 90,000, then we would build a shade structure out in front of our worship center here. Because, you know, one of the things about our building here is the, uh, the lobby or the foyer or the narthex or whatever you want to call it is kind of small. Um, and that's only a problem. Because we kind of like each other and we like spending time together. And so it's hard. We don't have a lot of space for us to be together on Sundays before and after the services or uh, during the week to kind of build community and have fellowship with one another. So we started thinking if we were, if we reached 90,000, we could build this shade structure right outside here because most of the year it's actually really nice. You know, we happen to live in tropical paradise. And by the way, you know, people have to live in a tropical paradise. So it's not our fault that it's so wonderful here, right? Somebody's got to live here. This has to be inhabited, and it's, and it's us. So we thought, what did, how amazing would it be if we could build this shade structure out there that would allow us a place before and after services and other times during the week to get together, to enjoy the beautiful weather, to talk, to build community. And so, but we didn't get to 90,000. So we don't get that. Okay, moving on. Um, no. No, actually, this is, okay, so we received an, a surprise, unexpected gift that had nothing to do with the Christmas offering uh, for, the, for the amount that we need to build the shade structure, okay? Uh, there, is, there was an organization, actually, who wanted to do something nice for us, and they asked what we needed. We told them that's what we were thinking, and that's done. So that's going to be built by the time you leave today. Just kidding. That'd be amazing. Um, no, sometime, hopefully in the next few weeks, we got to, you know, do the pesky permit stuff and whatever. Um, and then we're going to build it and it's going to be great. In fact, I saw a shade structure yesterday uh, and I was like, I wonder if this is what we're going to have. And I got really excited. Um, so that happened. Okay, so, so we have this, you know, God blesses us with this really great offering that we needed. Then now he's blessing us with this shade structure that's going to be a place for building more community. And then third... On January 4th, and we knew this was going to happen, on January 4th, our Lake Nona campus, UPC Lake Nona, became Lake Nona Presbyterian Church. Okay, so we, they were particularized. They became a fully autonomous, self-funding, self-governed PCA church. Okay, and we can praise God for that, too. Okay, we just planted a church. First thing we did. First thing God did through us in this year uh, is he, he launched a new church in Lake Nona, and that's really exciting. It was exciting to be there uh, that night and see that church being born. So we're kicking off 2020 on the heels of a really great Christmas offering and uh, this surprise gift of more space for being together and building community. 
and with uh, the exciting thing to know that we have now planted our second church. And, you know, I was thinking about that, and it's like, this stuff, you know, it's, it's amazing the way God is at work, what he's doing. And these things really kind of preach the gospel to us. Because if you think about it, the Christmas offering is a reminder of the way the Lord provides, right? The Lord provided more than we needed, just like the Lord always provides for what we truly need. And obviously the ultimate example of that is the Lord Jesus Christ himself. I mean, God has provided for you and I who could never reconcile ourselves to God. We could never make up for our sins and failures, but God, in his mercy, has sent his son. He has provided And he did that by his son coming and making this offering, right? He offered up himself to die on the cross, to pay for our sins, and to give us his righteousness, and to give us eternal life, all through faith alone in him. This is why we worship him. And it's really Christ's offering, ultimate offering, that's the reason that we can and we do worship our God. And therefore, the Christmas offering should really be a reminder of God's provision for us and the true offering we needed in Christ. What about the shade structure? One of the things that we get to experience because of what Jesus has done for us is the genuine community that can and should be felt among a body of believers. The one anothering, the way we're meant to love one another and care for one another. And here we get this now this shade structure that's a place for us to continue to build community. And that is an exciting thing as well. It just reminds us of that community that God wants us to have with one another. And then third, um, this new church is just a great reminder of our eternally significant mission of making more disciples. And ultimately, when you make more disciples in one area, you plant a church. So we really, a big part of our mission is planting more churches. And God has blessed us then And shown us the importance of our mission and that we get to be excited in this mission expanding to other areas. And so we can be excited about that. It just shows that God is at work in us and through us. And all this, and we're like not even through January yet. So. So as we are beginning this year together and as we already see that God is showing us that he wants to do things in our worship. He wants to do things in building more community. He wants to do things in our mission to make more disciples. We want to invite you. We want to invite ourselves together. We believe God is inviting us to do some something together, to pray and to fast together. So let me tell you a little bit. Uh, let, let's look at the passage now. I want to, I want to talk about a few things about prayer and fasting, and then I'm going to lay out this plan for us to do some prayer and fasting together. So look at Matthew 6, 5 through 18. Hear now God's holy, true, and life-giving word. Jesus said, And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then like this. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors 
And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others your, their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting might be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray together. Our Father, we do praise you and thank you for all these things that you have done for us in these recent days, the fantastic Christmas offering, the gift of the shade structure, the planting of a church. And so I pray now that as we talk about prayer and fasting uh, and then set out to do it together as a family, as a church family, Lord, would you bless us richly, powerfully, and use us in a mighty way um, as we continue our mission to make disciples. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so there's... a ton of things I would love to uh, unpack from this passage, but I I really want to spend just a a few moments focusing on one word in this passage, okay? Uh, This word appears five times in these 13 verses, so scan back over the passage and see if you can notice one word that appears five times, and here's a hint, it's not the word prayer, that appears six times. A word that appears five times. Okay, I'm going to tell you what it is. The word that appears five times is the word when. So it's in uh, verse five and six and seven. Jesus says, when you pray, when you pray, when you pray. And it's also in verses 16 and 17. Jesus says, when you fast, when you fast. So he's saying, when you pray, when you fast. And here's the point. Jesus expects those of us who believe in him and who consider ourselves to be his disciples or his followers, he expects us to pray. He expects us to fast. This is why he's saying, when you pray, when you fast. Okay, so we want to establish that right there. That Jesus does expect you and I who believe in him, who believe he's our savior, he's redeemed us through the cross, He expects us to pray. He expects us to fast. Why? Why does he expect us to fast? And why does he also expect us to pray? Well, let's talk about another word that appears a few times in this passage. And I'll just tell you what it is this time. Okay. And that word is reward. Notice it in verse 5 and 6 and 16. And 18, he says that your heavenly father will reward you, will give you your reward. Okay. If you've never been motivated to pray or to fast before, allow the king of kings and the one who has authority over all things say to you that when you pray, there's a reward. 
when you fast, there's a reward. That's pretty amazing. Allow Jesus this morning to give us this amazing incentive. There are rewards. Now, let's be clear. Uh, this doesn't mean that the reward is if you pray, you get exactly what you wanted. Okay? That's not the way it works. Um, and, and definitely, Jesus is not teaching us here that the reward of our, us praying and us fasting uh, is our salvation. No, absolutely not. We know that. We talk about it every single week. We are saved by grace, through faith, in Christ, faith alone. He's not talking about our salvation. But he is saying very clearly that there are rewards when we pray. There are rewards when we fast. And what are those? Well, they are various ways that God blesses us in response to our prayer, in response to our fasting. And we can be sure of that, that there are these rewards. We don't know exactly how they come or what they are, but we can be sure that God wants us to pray. Jesus expects us to pray because he knows that when we pray, when we fast, there are ways in which God rewards us. And ultimately, one of the things that we can be sure about is he rewards us through growing us spiritually through these things. When we engage in any of the spiritual disciplines, as we call them, uh, the ones that are biblically directed, we, we grow spiritually. We grow in our understanding of who God is. We grow in our understanding of his power, his love for us, his grace for us. We grow in our understanding of our need for him. So in, in a big way, what we can understand is the reason that Jesus calls us to pray, expects us to pray, expects us to fast, is so that we will grow spiritually. In the same way, like when you go to your doctor and your doctor tells you that you should eat right and you should exercise, it's not so, you know, what is the reason for that? Why is the doctor telling you to eat right and exercise? So that you will be physically in greater health, right? That makes sense. God wants us to be involved in the spiritual disciplines. What we're talking about this morning is prayer and fasting. So that we will have greater spiritual health. And whenever we become more spiritually healthy, we, we do more of what we're designed to do, what we are made to do, which is to glorify and enjoy God. Like we want to be more spiritually healthy. That means we're going to be more spiritually happy, more truly happy. The thing is... Jesus teaches us, that's, that's why he's saying when you pray, when you fast, there are things that we do that help us grow spiritually, just like there are things that help us grow physically. Like if you go to the gym, I think I've told you this before, but so most awkward moment of being at the gym in my life, um, a couple of years ago, I was going to do some benching and um, because people could see me, I put on more weight than I can actually lift. And um, so then I tried and I got this large amount of weight up a couple times and then I couldn't move it. It was stuck on my chest. And so um, I, you know, could have just said, a little help, and somebody would have run over, but then people would have seen that I couldn't do this. So that was not an option. So then I just kind of sat there for a little, or laid there for a little while and I thought, I'll, I'll get strength and then I'm going to get this thing up here. And I waited a minute or two and I took a deep breath and I could not move it at all. So, again, I should have just called for help, but instead I realized, well, if I just roll it down my stomach and get it to my hip, I'll, like, get out from underneath it. And I did, and it was successful, and I got up, and I put the thing back up on there, and I look around, and everybody's watching. 
And that's why it's one of my most awkward moments at the gym. But, you know, again, why do we do that, right? Why do we put ourselves through that? Because we want to be physically healthy. So why would Jesus call us, teach us to do these things, to pray, to fast? Because he wants us to be spiritually healthy. He wants us to know him more. He wants us to experience him more. And he wants us to have more joy in Christ, okay? So he expects us to pray, expects us to fast. So let me say a a couple things about prayer and fasting from this passage, and then I'm going to lay out the plan for you and I together as a church family to do some prayer and fasting, okay? Um, A couple things about prayer. First, prayer is about building our relationship with God. It's not about building our reputation. That's what he's getting at in verse 5, where he's talking about those who are praying in public so that people see them and so that they look good. We want to realize, no, prayer is about building our relationship with God, talking to God, building our relationship with him. It's not about building our reputation. So we don't want to do this to look good. We want to pray to build our relationship with God. Second, what makes prayer pleasing to God is not a bunch of fancy words, but rather the honest expression of our needs. And that's what we see in 7 and 8. He says, don't throw up a bunch of words like the Gentiles do. And then he says, your father knows what you need before you ask. In other words, our father in heaven, he simply wants to hear us ask for what we need. I've heard a number of people say, I don't know, I'm afraid to pray because I don't, I don't know all the big words and whatever. And Jesus is saying, he doesn't want the big words. He wants the heart words. Right? How liberating is that? He just wants us to express our heart. What do we need? What are we longing for? And then number three, the Lord's Prayer is really a pattern for prayer. Okay, this is one of the reasons that we pray the Lord's Prayer every week. Not just, we don't just pray it just to pray it, we pray it so we have it memorized. Because if you have the Lord's Prayer memorized, then wherever you are, where, whatever you're doing, at any moment, you can stop. And if you ever said, I don't know what to pray, you would remember that the king said, pray then like this, our Father who is in heaven. Isn't that amazing? And you can actually take the Lord's Prayer and you can see it as examples of what kinds of things to pray for. And you can use it as a guide to fill out a, a big list of prayer. But at the very least... Jesus has taught us a prayer that we can carry with us at all times. Okay? So it's about building our relationship with God. It's not about fancy words. It's about honest expression of our need. And he's actually given us the words to say when we don't know what else to say. So pretty amazing about prayer. Now, let's talk a couple things about fasting. And then I'll lay out a plan for us. Okay? Uh, Fasting is, is definitely one of the less understood and less utilized spiritual disciplines Uh, Richard Foster defines fasting as the voluntary denial of normal function for the sake of intense spiritual activity. Here's another way to say that. Uh, Fasting is when we give up something we normally do, uh, but we don't need to live. Like, don't fast from breathing, okay? We don't just stop breathing. But we give up something that we normally do for a purpose in, in order to feel the lack of that thing and allow that feeling of lack to drive us to God to remind us of how much we need him as well as how much he is there for us. So you give something up for a period of time. Um, And all the fasting in the Bible is from food. 
but a lot of theologians agree you can give up other things to get kind of a similar effect. But that's what it is. It's, it's giving up something uh, for a period of time just to feel life without it and allow that feeling to draw us into deeper relationship with God. Now, here's something also that we really need to understand about fasting from the scriptures. Jesus doesn't want us to fast just to fast. Okay? I think a lot of times when we think, I should fast, why? Well, because we're supposed to. No. Every time you see God's people fasting in the scriptures, there's a distinct purpose. They're fasting for a purpose. In his book, Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life, Don Whitney says, there's at least 10 different purposes, different purposes for which you see God's people fasting. The list includes fasting to to receive guidance from God, fasting to express grief, fasting to humble oneself before God. So there's a a number of uh, biblical reasons or purposes for fasting. Here's the purpose for the fast that we're going to be involved in here in the next week, okay? Um, The purpose for which we will fast is to strengthen our prayer. John Calvin uh, said this, um, whenever men are to pray to God concerning any great matter, it would be expedient to appoint fasting along with prayer, okay? Let me read this too. Don Whitney talks about how this happens in the book of Ezra. Uh, He says, when Ezra was about to lead a group of exiles back to Jerusalem, he proclaimed a fast in order for the people to seek the Lord earnestly uh, for safe passage. They were face to face with many dangers without military protection during their 900 mile journey. This was not no ordinary matter to be brought to God. So in Ezra 8.23, it says, so we fasted and petitioned our God about this and he answered our prayer. In other words, one of the purposes for which people fast, give something up for a period of time, is they do it to strengthen, we do it to strengthen our prayer. To say we are really serious, we really want this. Uh, We see fasting and praying together, uh, fasting strengthening prayer. We see it in Nehemiah chapter 1, Daniel chapter 9, Joel chapter 2, Acts chapter 13. So this is not some one-time thing in scripture. We see this throughout the scriptures. So there's a number of purposes for fasting, but in this coming week, in this plan I'm going to lay out here in a moment, uh, we want to fast to strengthen our prayer. Well, what are we praying for? Okay. Well, ultimately what we want to be praying about is the three things that we're always thinking about, always seeking to do together. One, we worship. So we want to be praying this coming week, and really this year, but specifically this coming week, we'd love a lot of prayer for our worship time together, to, for God to be here, to transform us, to help us understand the gospel more deeply, to really change who we are from the inside out by the power of his word and spirit within us. So we want to be praying about worship. Number two, we want to be praying about building community. A lot of people have a, real, a lot of good relationships with people in this church, but there are some people who don't have really good relationships yet in the church. We want to build community. We want to pray that God would give us even more genuine community with one another. And then, as I mentioned in the beginning, we want to pray that we'll be more fruitful, right? We want to pray that God will lead us and give us ways to reach more unchurched people in this city and even among the nations. So more fruitful in mission. So be praying. We want to be praying every day for worship here and community here and mission here. And then here's the plan. Okay, it's very simple. Um, for For the next five days, so Monday through Friday, 
you're going to get an email in the morning, okay, early in the morning. So if you're not signed up for our weekly newsletter, now is the time to sign up. You just go to upcorlando.org slash weekly dash newsletter and sign up, and that'll get you signed up for the weekly email. Um, but this week, each morning, early in the morning, you're going to get an email, and that email is going to have two things. One, it's going to have a list of things for you to pray about throughout that day, in line with what we're talking about this morning. And we're going to ask you to find time during that day to spend time in earnest prayer to the Lord for these things, okay? And then it's also going to have a list of things from which you can fast or give up for the day, Okay, now again, normally fasting in the Bible is with food, but you, we really think there's ways you can give up other things as well. So we're going to be asking you to think, consider giving up for a day TV and movies. Or maybe social media. <gasps> he didn't. He did. Okay, and that, just so you know, that's what Hannah and I have already decided on Monday for sure. No social media. So if you see either of us on Facebook or Twitter, you, you got to call us and be like, what are you doing? Um, so we're, we're just going without that for the day. And so here's what happens, though. When you do that, when you give up something that you normally do, and when it's time or when you have that normal urge to do that thing, but you remember you're not doing it, oh, guess what you do instead? You pray. And you remember, oh, God is so good. God, help our church grow as we worship you and and spiritually just transform our lives. God, help our church grow in our community with one another. God, help our church grow in reaching more people. Okay. And so that's all it's going to take is uh, each day, day, Monday through Friday, you're going to get this email early. It's going to have a list of things from which you can uh, fast. And it's also going to have a list of things you can pray for. Then on Thursday... On Thursday, for everybody who's physically able, if you're not physically able to safely fast from food, then choose something else, or you can just sit this one out. It's okay. Um, But for those who are able to fast from food, we're going to ask that Thursday, as a church, we all fast, okay? But we're going to do what's called a partial fast, which is where you skip breakfast and lunch, and then you do eat dinner, okay? And you can eat dinner that night, like you can really eat dinner, Um, but We'll go that day and just know that hundreds of people will be spread around this city, but together we're not eating breakfast and we're not eating lunch and we're feeling our need. We're feeling our finitude. We're feeling our desperate need for God to provide. And then when we eat dinner, oh man, feast. Okay, Maybe even community groups getting together, maybe invite friends, just feast like crazy and let that be the reminder of the way God does provide. You know, some of us, when we grew up, it was exciting when parents would say, like, we're going to do this as a family, right? As a family. Well, that's what this is about. This, you, and I, you and I together, as a family, okay? And, um, and it, again, the, the hope is that we grow spiritually and we also see God respond to the prayer and the seriousness of the prayer strengthened by fasting, and maybe we see God work in more powerful ways than, than we have in a while. What if he does respond in that way? Because it's amazing when you see God demonstrate his power. And that's what we're really asking for. I'll tell you one thing. I, um, a couple of years ago, a friend was going to be test driving a really fast car, a Tesla. 
And he said, hey, I'm going to test drive it. I'm not going to buy it, but I'm going to test drive it. And uh, I'll come pick you up. And I said, yes, please. And so he picked me up. And I got in this car. And it was the one, they have like different speeds. There was like insane mode and there's ludicrous speed. I think now there's plaid. Is that what the next one is from Spaceballs? Anyway, um, so the, we get in the car and he hits the, the button. And we're, we're waiting at a, a stoplight. And um, just disclaimer, everything we did was legal. Um, and so we're there and we're sitting there. And neither of us know what's about to happen. And the light turns green and he hits the electricity. Um, and whoa, man, we're like suddenly going, you know, having to hit the brake because you're going so fast immediately. And it was like, oh, man, it felt like I was on a roller coaster. It was absolutely amazing. And uh, I just, you know, just like stunned by, wow, this thing has unbelievable power. Okay. Man, let's ask God to stun us this year with his unbelievable power. Okay? And let's ask him in prayer and let's strengthen that prayer with fasting. So if you're not signed up for the email, get signed up and every day this week, together, as a family, we're going to pray, we're going to fast, and then we're going to see how God wants to demonstrate his power in us and through us this year. Let's pray. Father, thanks for your word through which you reveal to us that you're gracious and you're kind and you're loving and you're forgiving and you're faithful. Thank you for revealing to us in your son that you have reconciled us to you through what Jesus has done for us on the cross. Thank you for speaking to us through your word and spirit so that we might know how we can continue to grow in our relationship with you. And we pray that you will bless our prayer and fasting together as a church family in these next five days. And would you please, Lord, respond by pouring out your power on us and do mighty things through us, things that make us say, wow, he is so powerful. And then may we all turn and give you all the praise and glory and credit because we know that all things are from you. And so we praise you now and forever in Jesus' name. Amen.